what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. There's nothing wrong with having different instruments in church to praise and worship God, providing you know how to play it. Don't come in here trying to play something you don't know how to play. And if you do know how to play an instrument, take a little time and practice it a little bit. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me please to the book of 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 29. 2 Chronicles chapter 29, move down if you will to verse 27. 2 Chronicles 29 verse 27, and Hezekiah commanded to offer the burnt offering upon the altar. And when the burnt offering began, the song of the Lord began also with the trumpets and with the instruments ordained by David, king of Israel. And all the congregation worshipped, and the singers sang, and the trumpeters sounded. And all this continued until the burnt offering was finished. And when they had made an end of offering the king and all that were present with him bowed themselves and worshipped. Moreover, Hezekiah the king and the princes commanded the Levites to sing praise unto the Lord with the words of David and of Asaph the seer. And they sang praises with gladness and they bowed their heads and worshipped. And this morning I want to use for a subject preaching a few minutes. The songs of the Lord. The songs of the Lord. The music of the Lord. There's music that is proper in church. And there's music that is not proper in church. And this morning I'm not going to pick on any one particular genre, if you will, of Christian music. Because there are errors all across the board from Southern gospel to contemporary to bluegrass gospel, and there, there, there are errors everywhere today. And so I'm not picking on any one particular genre, but I do want to point out some things that you need to be aware of when you're listening to so-called songs of the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for His help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before Your throne of grace today. And we thank you for this opportunity that we have to stand before the people and to minister your word wherever they may be today. Lord, I thank you for every person that's come out this way, every person in the parking lot, elsewhere in the community that may be listening. Lord, by radio, the internet, by CD, Lord, however they're getting this message today, Lord, I thank you for the platform that you have given. And Lord, I thank you for this opportunity 
Lord, I've studied and prepared, but Lord, I must have your anointing today. Lord, things will be said and things can be taken wrong. And Lord, I know that you can take that which is wrong and make it right. So Lord, I'm asking for your anointing today to rightly divide the word of truth, anoint your people to hear and to receive of your word, Lord, that we might be drawn closer to you is my prayer today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. When King Hezekiah came to the throne of the southern kingdom of Israel, Israel was in pretty bad shape. The temple had been shut down for years. No sacrifices had been offered up for the sins of the people. And as a result, the wrath of God abideth upon Israel. Now I want you to think about what I've just said. The temple was shut down and no sacrifices were offered up. I want you to bring it up to the day and look at what is happening in our country today and what is happening in our churches. Last year, because of COVID, the government in this nation tried to shut down churches. Some churches are still shut down. Some churches will never open back up again because of the mandates that came down from those who were elected into office. And I believe the wrath of God abideth upon those that forced such rulings. I believe the wrath of God abideth upon churches that during COVID they shut their doors and did absolutely nothing for the people. Nothing. They did not. They had internet. They didn't do anything as far as Facebook. They did nothing as far as outreach. They shut the doors. They didn't have church in the parking lot or anywhere. Nothing, nothing whatsoever was done. And no sacrifice was offered up. No sacrifice is offered up when the church is closed. What do I mean? The preaching of the gospel. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And let me, let me point this out as well. How many churches today that are open, how many are really lifting up and offering up the sacrifice? Jesus Christ and Him crucified. How much preaching is focused on the finished work of Christ not much at all ladies and gentlemen if it was if the true gospel of Jesus Christ what is the gospel the gospel of Jesus Christ is God becoming a man born of a virgin living a perfect life going to the cross to die for our sins and raised from the dead the third day. And now he's seated by the right hand of the Father making intercession for you and I. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the gospel. Anything else that, that, that proclaims to be gospel, if it's not Christ and him crucified, it is another gospel. And the churches are full of another gospel today. Another gospel. 
There are churches on every corner. And for the number of churches that are in this country today, if they were preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, we wouldn't have the mess that we got going on in our country today. It wouldn't be. Why? Because this gospel changes hearts. This gospel changes lives. When it's preached under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost moves upon that person that needs to get saved. Mighty Holy Ghost conviction gets a hold of them. And they come to an altar and they pray through and God gets a hold of them and changes their hearts and lives. If the true gospel of Jesus Christ was being preached across this nation today, things would be a lot different. The gas prices wouldn't be going out the roof right now. Let me leave that alone. That's a rabbit running over there. But there are things going on in our country that ought not to be. When the gospel is preached, when the right offering is lifted up, that's what pleases God. For the past several weeks, we were over in the book of Leviticus, chapter 1. And in verse 9, it says that the smoke of the offering went up before God as a sweet savor, and God accepted it. And understand this today, when a person brought their lamb to the priest and it offered up, and God accepted it, when that offering was accepted, the one that offered it was also accepted. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm glad the Lord accepted me. I want the Lord to accept me. That's what pleases God. The lifting up of the sacrifice. The preaching of the true gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what pleases God. That's why this church survived COVID-19. That's why. That's why God blessed this church. Because of the gospel of Jesus Christ that is going forth. That's why. That's what pleases God. And I want what pleases God. You ought to want what pleases God. So the first acts of Hezekiah when he came to the throne of the southern kingdom of Israel was to open up the temple. He had to preach to get all the stuff cleaned out that didn't need to be in there. And he had the priest to get all the furnishings put back where they belong. Took about eight days to get all that work done. And once it was complete, the very next morning, first thing, King Hezekiah got the rulers of the city and they brought sacrifices to the temple and they offered them up. 2 Chronicles 29 and verse 24, the Bible says that the priest killed them. Now last week when we looked at the sacrificial system, when an individual brought a lamb, they committed a sin, 
they had to bring a lamb of their own free voluntary will. They brought the lamb. It was not, it was not something that was enforced. They were given the information and they had to make a choice. If they committed a sin, they had to bring a lamb and bring it to the priest and he inspected it minutely so if it had any blemishes at all it was a, it was rejected and you had to get another one but once it passed the inspection the the sinner was handed the knife and they had to slit the throat but in this particular situation here the priest did the killing because the sacrifice was offered up for the nation for the whole nation of Israel and the priests killed them and made reconciliation with their blood upon the altar. And they made atonement. Hezekiah understood the sacrificial system. He understood that offering up that sacrifice would assuage the judgment of God, the wrath of God. And it was the only thing that could make atonement for Israel. In that word atonement, you have the words at one Sin is what separates man from God. And that sacrifice is the only thing that brings us back into relationship with God. You can be at one with God, but only through and by Christ and what He did at Calvary. And your faith in that and that alone. Understand that today. And... Understand this too. The only thing that stands between you and eternal judgment in hell is the cross of Christ. That's it. Nothing else. And the Bible says that Hezekiah, Verse 25, he set the Levites in the house of the Lord with their instruments. Verse 25, we see the cymbals, the psalteries, the harps. Verse 26, we see the trumpets. Now that does not mean that they are the only instruments that can be played in church. Don't we're doing things wrong by having a piano in here. Well, what does that mean? Each one of these instruments are instruments of the three classifications of musical instruments when it comes to music. You have the cymbals, which is a percussion instrument. You have the psaltery and the harp, which are stringed instruments. And then you have the trumpet, which is a wind instrument. All three classifications are being used when it comes to God's music. So there's nothing wrong with having different instruments in church to praise and worship God, providing you know how to play it. Don't come in here trying to play something you don't know how to play. Okay? And if you do know how to play an instrument, and you're, and, and you're going to play a song... Take a little time and practice it a little bit. Offer to God your best. Okay? Give to God your best. Don't try to throw something together. Am I, am I making any sense to you? All right. 
So there's nothing wrong with having different instruments in church. There might be something wrong with the way you're playing it. And at the time you're playing it. What would you think? I'm in the middle of preaching and somebody takes a trumpet and blows it. <laughs> That's disruptive. There's a time when instruments are to be played. I mean, we're given an altar call and people are coming forward to get saved and that's not the time to blow a trumpet. And there's a time when the piano needs to be played softly. And there's a time when the piano needs to be played a little louder. There, there are times for different things to go on in church. Now look at verse 27, 2 Chronicles 29, verse 27. The music that was played was ordained by David, the king of Israel. David. When you think of David, most people think of the horrible sin committed with Bathsheba, the sin of adultery, and then the murder of her husband Uriah. Two of the worst sins that one can imagine and come up with. But... When Nathan the prophet came to David, and David was confronted with his sin, he didn't try to hide it. He confessed. He owned up to it. And he repented. And God forgave him. And here's the thing. God used David as the measuring stick of righteousness for all the other kings that would ever come behind him. Now you think of that. David committed two of the worst sins, adultery and cold-blooded murder. He was confronted. He repented. And God used him as the measuring stick of righteousness for the other kings that would follow. What does that mean? That means that when God forgives, he forgives everything. He holds nothing against you. Glory to God. It's a total forgiveness. It's a complete forgiveness. He washes you. He cleanses you. And it's never to be remembered against you anymore. You are justified before God. Just if I'd never sinned. David. He was one of the mightiest warriors in all of Israeli history. His career started... As a little boy, 12 years of age, when all the mighty men of Israel, the soldiers, they shrank back when Goliath stepped to the battlefield. Little David was the only one that stepped forward. Someone said the other day that these big mega churches, these little churches can't compete with these big mega churches that's got all of the instruments and the television cameras and they've got all the people and they've got this and they've got that and little churches like Friendship, you, you can't compete with that. I beg to differ. I beg to differ. Because when Goliath came 
and stepped on the battlefield. And a lot of the big mega churches shut their doors. Friendship was open, still preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. The number of CDs still kept going out the doors. The gospel step still kept going forth. We got more listeners. We took on more radio stations. God used this little church just like he did with David way back yonder. And any Church, I don't care who it is, where it is. If it's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, God will use that little church. It makes no difference if it's in the backwoods and we can't even get internet out here where I'm at. God still knows how to use a little country church and he can use it to reach people that are out there. I don't know the number of phone calls and letters that we get. I think we're going to have to get a, a billboard back here and put some of these letters up so you can read them. And Sister Sue over here, she's doing a great job in staying in contact with these people and sending them CDs and cards and so forth. And let me just say this. Those of you listening by radio, you have sent an offering to help with the radio. Thank you. Thank you so very, very much for your offering. It's being used to keep the radio on the air. And those of you here that are supporting the radio ministry, thank you for that. The people out there, thank you for that. But David was one of the mightiest warriors in all of Israeli history. Started out smiting Goliath, killed him, graveyard dead. When all the other major the soldiers that were mightier than he was, larger than he was, they shrank back and ran away, but little David ran to the fight because his faith was in God. He later became the king of Israel, and God anointed him. He pushed the boundaries of Israel to the farthest extent to what God promised Abraham and destroyed all of Israel's enemies. A mighty warrior. But at the same time, David is called the sweet singer of Israel. It doesn't seem right. A mighty man of valor, a mighty warrior, soldier, but yet he's the sweet singer of Israel. David, when he was a little fellow, King Saul, he, he lost his mind. He was demon-possessed. These evil spirits would come upon him. And they got little David to come in with his harp. And as David played, God anointed that music. And it drove those demon spirits away. Anointed music of God, the Lord's music. Demon spirits, they, they, can't, they can't hang around that. They can't deal with that. The demons and devils have got to go. Glory to God. And David, his anointed music and singing, he wrote over half the Psalms. Think about that. The largest book in your Bible. 
is given over to praise and worship music to the Lord. The Psalms are songs written to music unto God. And David wrote over half of those. And we have them in our Bible. That tells us something. That tells us that music and singing, the Lord's music, ranks right there level with the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's very important. It's very significant. And if the music is done right, then it, it sets the stage for the preaching, the message to come as the Holy Spirit moves and He prepares the hearts of the people. If the music is right, the, the, the preaching is made a lot easier. Now... Verse 27, 2 Chronicles 29. The music and the sacrifice began at the same time. Songs of the Lord will always have the cross of Christ at its foundation. Any song that is not founded on the finished work of Christ is not the Lord's music. And it don't need to be played in church. Are you listening to me? Music and the sacrifice, the two go hand in hand. Without the cross, ladies and gentlemen, we have nothing to sing about. Without the cross, we have nothing to rejoice about. Without the cross, we have no future. Without the cross, all we have to look forward to is doom and gloom and agony on me. But for the cross of Christ, because of His finished work at Calvary, we got something to sing about today. We got a better place that we're going to. Glory to God. Well, I'm on my way to heaven, and the journey gets sweeter every day. Walking with Jesus. Talking with Jesus all along the way. My soul gets so happy that I shout and I sing night and day. I'm on my way to heaven and the journey gets sweeter every day. Glory to God. King Hezekiah, he put those musicians in the temple. And when you get saved, God puts a song down in your temple. He puts a song down in your heart. Glory to God. There's something different about you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We got something to praise God about today. The cross is what opened up the door for us to go to heaven. Revelation chapter 4, John said, I saw a door that was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither. Glory to God, the rapture of the church. <laughs> Glory to God, there's going to be a meeting. There's going to be a meeting in the air one day. And I'm going to be a part of it. And you're going to be a part of it. For the Lord is coming back with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. 
we got something to sing about, something to rejoice about. All right, verse 28, Second Chronicles 29. All the congregation worshipped. I'm alarmed day at the number of churches changing their music program to cater to a certain group of people. We're going to bring in this style of music. We're going to eliminate that old stuff, them, them hymn books. We're not going to sing any songs about the blood because that's negative and it offends some people and the younger generation is just not going to relate to that. So we're going to completely eliminate that altogether and we're just going to do praise and worship style music and we're going to have contemporary style music. There's nothing wrong with praise and worship music. There's nothing wrong with contemporary style music. We need more of that in our churches. But you don't eliminate the old just so you can bring in the new. Do you understand what I'm saying? There has to be a balance there, ladies and gentlemen. All the congregation was able to worship. You don't take your church and try to gear it toward one particular group of people. It should be diverse and be for everybody. A good church will have a combination of different music for everyone that is there. If that church is capable of doing such. Are you listening to me? Here at Friendship, we've got a bluegrass sound. We've got our old traditional style. We have our contemporary when, when Haven is here. We have a good, I think, combination of all of it. It's predominantly traditional, but we do have a combination, and we're not opposed to these other styles that are coming in. But what alarms me is we're going to do away with all of the songs that have to do with the blood. You are separating the music from the sacrifice. And when you separate music from the sacrifice, it becomes secular music. It becomes worldly music. It becomes music that ought not to be played in church. Okay? All right. Secondly, in verse 28, the music continued until the offering was finished. The music played right along with and accompanied the offering up of the sacrifice. The music wasn't overpowering. He that has an ear, let him hear. The music did not draw attention to self. The singers and the musicians were not being showy in their playing. They played and it accompanied the sacrifice. I remember back years ago, when we've run out of time, it'll be all right. Went to a particular church for revival. This young lady went up to sing. 
nothing wrong with the song she was singing. It's just that the way she was singing it, the song was fine. But she was trying to sing it like Whitney Houston. And if she had the vocal cords of Whitney Houston, that might be all right. But she didn't have, she did not have that range. And she was trying to put on airs, if you will. And it took away from the service. It took away from the song. It, it drew attention to her rather than the song. Whoever you are that may be singing and playing music in the church, you are never to draw attention to yourself. It's always to draw attention and bring attention to God. God's not going to share His glory with nobody. And I'm going to go ahead and say this. The reason Donald Trump is not the president in our country right now is because the church lifted up Donald Trump more than they did God Almighty. God's not going to share His glory with nobody. God can do what He wants to do. It don't matter who's in office. Somebody told me the other day, Brother James, what we're going to do? The gas keeps going up and this is going and they're shutting this down, they're doing this and doing that. Well, what in the world are we going to do? I said, I'm going to do what I've always done. I'm going to believe God. <laughs> God's just going to have to work a little harder to get the money in here to pay the bills. And God can do it. God can do it. He's equal to the task, ladies and gentlemen. God's going to show us something. Despite this present administration, God is going to move and work and he's going to show his church something in these last days. He don't need Donald Trump. He don't need a bunch of Republicans. He can do what he needs to do despite all of that. God will use anybody that will let them open themselves up to God and be used of God. All right. They sang praise unto the Lord, verse 30. They sang praise to the Lord with the words of David. The Lord's music will always be inspired by God. It will always have the Word of God at its foundation. The Lord's music should be inspired by the Word of God, and the inspiration should not be to make money. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We've got some southern gospel groups today. They're putting out albums and it's not so much to worship God as it is to make money. We've got some contemporary artists that are making albums. And it's not so much to worship God as it is to make money. And it'll have a certain sound to it. And the reason it has a certain sound to it is because it titillates the flesh. It tickles the ears. It gets you to move in a little bit. And don't ever think that music that moves me, that the Spirit of God is anointing it. Because that's not always the case. 
Or you don't, 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 look, don't, don't try to put the two together just cause it's fast music. The Holy Ghost is anointing it or the Holy Spirit is in it. We've got to be careful with that today. What's the motive behind the music? Why do you sing the songs that you sing? Why do you listen to the music that you're listening to? Is it to worship God? Does it take you back to a time in your past before you got saved? It has a certain beat to it. Anybody hearing what I'm saying? Okay. You, you cannot take the world's music and drag it over into the church. It, it won't work. There are people that are doing it. I know back years ago they took Michael Jackson's song, Thriller, and changed the words to it and tried to make a Christian song out of it. And this stuff happens all the time. And the whole time I'm sitting there listening to it, it brings back stuff in my past, stuff that I'm trying to leave back there, stuff back there that I don't want to have to deal with today. God dealt with it. God forgave me of that. It, it brought back things that I was doing at that time that I didn't have no business doing. Sorry, Mama. <laughs> She's always thought I was a little angel. And there was a time when I was a devil too. You hush. <laughs> Mamas know all. Yeah. Yeah. But the music you listen to is a very powerful thing, ladies and gentlemen. You got to be careful of the music that you listen to because it can take you back to some things that God's delivered you from. And if you're not careful, it can drag you back into a lifestyle that God's tried to bring you out of. And so, and, 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 and some people, this is a little bit more of a problem with some than it is others. So you, you got to be careful with the music you listen to and especially in the church when it comes to the Lord's music. And the, the music was inspired of David. They, it was the words of David. And all of that music that David wrote in the Psalms, it was inspired by God. It was inspired by the Holy Spirit. The largest book in your Bible is dedicated to praise and worship music. And they sang with gladness in verse 30. They sang with gladness. How were they able to sing with gladness? Because they understood a little bit about what they were singing. Some of these old hymns of the faith, this younger generation, they have no idea what Ebenezer means. And we, and we use these old, outdated words, and they can't relate to some of this. But if they had some teaching and some understanding and how it relates to the Word of God, are, are you hearing me? When they sing it, they would better understand what we're singing about. And 
would they'll sing with gladness because they have an understanding of what they're singing. And, you know, some of you, you just need to get a little better prepared for church. I mean, standing up here looking at some of y'all on Sunday morning and you're trying to sing, you look like you're trying to push a piece of wet spaghetti through a straw. <laughs> you come in here, your face is so long, you could eat oats out of a half-inch gas pipe. <laughs> well, Brother James, if you went through all the stuff I went through this morning to get here, and especially at 930 Your face would be long too. (laughs) Not as long as this sermon's getting. I need to wrap it up. But when we sing to the Lord, it should be done with joy and gladness. There should be a song in your heart. Because like I said, when you get saved, the Lord puts a new song down in your heart, down in your soul. That's the Lord's music. Glory to God. The program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And now we're having worship service inside the church every Sunday morning at 930. As well, we're also having Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are being broadcast to the parking lot for those who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.